I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and today we have the amazing guest, Sarah Catherine, joining the show. I'm so excited for you to hear from her. We're talking all about self-discovery, what it is, how it can help you build your self-awareness, build confidence, and tweak maybe some of those people-pleasing skills that you might have going on in the background of your mind. Sarah Catherine is an amazing self-discovery coach, and she's also the host of the Be Your Own Badass podcast, and I'm going to tell you more about her after we dive into today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and jump into it. I think you're going to love this interview so much. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm super excited to share this podcast episode with you. Sarah Catherine is truly a delight, and she shared so many wonderful insights. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. So without further ado, let me formally introduce you to Sarah, and then we'll go ahead and jump into today's episode. So Sarah Catherine is a self-discovery coach, podcast host for the Be Your Own Badass podcast, and the author of Your Self-Discovery Journal, I'm Awesome. Here's why, and be happy, be calm, be you. Sarah's mission is to help women achieve their goals without letting people-pleasing or perfectionism get in their way so that they can create a life they truly love. She does this through online courses, books, and her membership program, The Self-Discovery Society. And we'll also be geeking out about Sarah's new book in detail today. She's going to be going over the five different components of self-discovery and basically walking us through a mini preview of what's inside. So let's go ahead and get into it. Sarah, I am so, so excited to have you here today on the podcast. You've been a dream person to have for a long time. So I'm glad that we finally made this work. And um, there's so much that we are going to talk about today. But before we get into all that good stuff, I would love uh, if you could take a minute to just introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are and what you're about and what you do. Thank you so much. Also, you are so sweet. Dream part. That's an honor to be here. Um, so I'm Sarah Catherine. I am a self-discovery coach and author, and I also host a podcast. My main mission for my coaching business currently is to help women, um, essentially achieve their goals and create a life that they love. And that feels authentically aligned for them without letting people pleasing or perfectionism get in the way. Cause those I had noticed with quite a few people either in my life or um, that I had worked with in the past, like past students of my courses, those were two things that really was stopping them from being able to move forward or like actually achieve goals and do what they want to do because they're constantly worried about other people's opinions and people, and I think we'll go into this later, but people pleasing and perfectionism overlap pretty pretty heavily for some people. I know it does for myself. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's why I do that. Um, and I also have now four books <laughs> published. Um, three of them are guided journals in the personal growth space. The one before that was something I wrote in college about my time working in the Disney college program in Florida. So that's like completely different. Um, but then I also host the Be Your Own Badass podcast 
where I talk about similar things. So that's kind of a quick overview. So you do everything. No, I love it so much. And congratulations again on your fourth book coming out. We're going to be talking a little bit about that uh, towards the end of the podcast as well. And I'm super excited to geek out about all that stuff. Um, But I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about what self-discovery really means, because I know that's like the theme of your new journal that's coming out. And Mm -hmm. why do you think it's one of the most important and impactful parts of kind of creating the life that we really want? Yeah. So first to answer your question about like what self-discovery really is, and it's honestly, to me, it's about having the true understanding of who you are, what you want, and like everything in between. It's really getting to know yourself better. And that sounds like, sounds pretty self-explanatory, but it takes a lot of work. And the more that we are paying attention to things that are external or getting caught up in the day-to-day, the less we have in touch with who, like with that part of ourselves, this is very easy to get caught up in the shoulds of what we should do or things set expectations from other people, all of that kind of stuff. So having that self-awareness is an absolute game changer when it comes to honestly, just in general, feeling good about your life, where you're going, the choices that you're making, it helps you make, um, decisions making for yourself is so much easier when you know who you are and what you want, like what your values are. Um, also it helps you follow your intuition, helps you reconnect with that, which helps you make those decisions and just helps you overall build confidence and take care of yourself. And all those different pieces help you live a more authentically aligned life with you because you know what that looks like and what that feels like overall. And that's overall how self-discovery and self-awareness can help achieve that. I love that. And I I think self-discovery just feels so inviting, you know, I mean, self-awareness too, but there's something about discovering yourself and kind of going on this journey um, and realizing that you're ever changing. Like, it's not like we arrive necessarily at a destination and we're like, okay, I know everything about myself in every possible situation. Like I'm good. Um, so I really yeah. like how, how you describe that. And um, as we mentioned too, you've already written, I guess, three, three books, right. And one on, <laughs> you had one on mindfulness for teens, mm-hmm. um, um, which looks really, really cool. And then you also have another journal. I have it in my Amazon cart uh, with 110 <laughs> lists and reminders for others to remember uh, why they're so amazing, um, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. I love lists. I geek out about that. So that must have been really, really fun um, to make as well. And um, and so you have your new newest journal releasing soon and that we're going to talk about more in a minute. But I'd love to know what really led you to focusing specifically on self-discovery and really using that as the focus on your platform? Because I feel like there's so many things that you could Mm -hmm. talk about. Um, So why, why did you choose that one specifically? Well, I mean, this might be a, this might be a long answer. So just prep. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is really rooted in just like my own journey and my own like experience of just honestly, kind of starting like life after college, like that whole experience of graduating and doing what I'm supposed to do and getting the, I mean, I still work. Like I didn't mention earlier, but I have a full-time job as a marketing director, but um, I still work in the field that I studied in and all that kind of stuff. And I still enjoy it, but I was still, it's, I was still just kind of 
doing what was expected from me and the shoulds of like, oh, you should get this internship and you should get this full-time job. And since it's available, like commute the hour there an hour back, that's just what you do, what you do in Southern California or anywhere in a city. Um, like, and I was like in a relationship at the time that was fine. Like the guy's a nice guy, but it wasn't the right relationship, but I was sticking with it because I was like, this is way better than what I've had in the past. You know, it was, I was settling for so much and not really paying attention to what I actually wanted to do. Um, so that led me to a lot of anxiety and like just kind of the worst mental place that I have ever been in. Um, and it through that, I had started getting into personal development in general. Like I had kind of had it in my life a little bit, like, you know, my dad would always be like, Oh, you should take, do the workbook of seven habits of highly effective teens like that, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it's been a part of my life, but at the time it was like, I roll dad. I don't want to like do any of this stuff. Um, but when it was absolutely like something that I was like, okay, whatever I'm doing is not working. Then I started turning towards that. I read, you are a badass. I started listening to podcasts. Like that was probably one of the first books that I had read in this, in the space by my own volition. <laughs> and, and then I started, um, my therapist reminded me that I had been actually blogging, um, all throughout college. I had a Disney blog, which is how that first book came to be. Um, and I really liked blogging and, and the social media aspect, cause it's marketing. And, um, she recommended, Hey, why don't you start another blog? Like, why don't you do that again? And I just, at the time was just talking about self-care and career and, you know, all the different facets of personal growth, but that's such a wide spectrum that when I started getting more serious about turning it into a business and going into more of a coaching aspect rather than blogging, um, I had to really sit and think like, what is it that I, what's the common core of what I enjoy teaching and what I'm passionate about and what I'm seeing is needed amongst, you know, I, I personally prefer helping women, but obviously anyone similar in my similar situation at the time. Um, and then I just came to the conclusion that self-discovery was just that, that theme that kept popping up because I had created, um, my first course I ever created was called kickstart your life Academy. And that's where I really like started at that. And my favorite part of that course was that beginning self-discovery part, because I mean, it just ties into all of the different pieces that, you know, you need, and just like I told you about earlier, so I don't have to hash into that again. Um, but that's pretty much how I came to that because it was my most, something that I really enjoy. And I strive to work on within myself consistently. And what I like helping other people with the most. There was something you said specifically where I was really like, Ooh, that's such a good point. And, um, it was, uh, it was talking about how, you know, you were in a relationship and there was nothing necessarily wrong with the relationship, but it wasn't the right thing. And mm -hmm. I, I think we come to that bridge so often in our lives with different stuff. Like I remember I was in a, I, I had two different master's programs I was a part of that I didn't end up finishing and there was nothing wrong with them. But every time I was in them, I was like, there's just, it just doesn't feel this just, this doesn't work. Like this isn't me, you know? And I think yeah. that's part of the power of the work that you help people do is not just realize like there's those gut moments when you're like, this isn't for me, or there's a problem with something, but I think it's actually harder to make decisions in our life or like change the direction of where we're going when there's not a problem per se with like, mm. a relationship or, you know, your job or whatever it is, but it just doesn't feel aligned. And I think it becomes really hard to make those decisions 
when you don't know why you feel the way you do. And so it sounds like this work and like you said, really helping people understand their values, um, really, it just, it gives you so much more power in making decisions and feeling confident about it because there's nothing worse than making a big decision and being like, Oh, did I make a mistake? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I am notoriously an indecisive person. So like having, reminding myself the same thing, you know, practicing what I preach, hopefully um, (laughs) helps remind me like why certain decisions that I'm making are the right ones for me, you know? So, because it's, you know, comparing, it's very easy. Even if I get, I find myself doing this, like comparing my current situation with someone else who's close to me in my life, who's in a similar place in their life. And, and, but there's some pieces that I'm like, oh, it's not quite the same as that. Is that, you know, like, am I doing, am I making the right choice? But am I settling? Like, you know, constantly doing those check-ins to make sure it is what you want and having the values and the understanding behind it will help make those decisions so much easier. Ooh, hundred percent. Yeah. And that really leads me into like, I've been most excited to talk about this and that is your (laughs) self-discovery journal, which I'm so excited about. Um, and I can't wait to like open it up and just like get going, but can you basically just, just tell us like everything about it? Like what are, what are some of the core components of the journal? Uh, maybe some of the tangible pieces within it. Yeah. Um, so the journal actually, so fun fact with all of literally all of my books, even the Disney one, um, I didn't actually think of the book idea myself. Um, I was approached by other publishers who came. And I think a lot of publishers are doing that right now. I think they're kind of finding authors through blogs and stuff like that. Um, But for this one in particular, it was the third one that I've worked with Adams Media, who's from Simon & Schuster. And they came to me and they were like, oh, so we're considering doing this like guided journal that's at the time it was going to be called the little book of self-discovery um, and it's changed titles since then, but they didn't really have quite a concept, like much, something much further than that. And I don't know how much they fully understood, like what came with self-discovery either. Um, they just knew they had this idea and I had written for them before. And so they were like, here, this is an idea. What do you think? <laughs> and I was like, hot damn, <laughs> like, this is actually the most in line with everything that I've, and cause like writing these books takes a lot of work for me because they have really tight deadlines. So I had to really make sure it's what I wanted because after the last two, I was going to be very cautious about which ones I decided to do. Um, but this one, I was like, look, one of my most popular podcast episodes slash blogs is called like, what is self-discovery? It's the definition of it. And it encompasses some of the stuff I talked in the beginning here, but I literally just sent them this blog and I was like, what if we talk about these main like five points? They're like five categories or something. And we can have a format like this. And then there's always an introduction in the beginning that breaks it down in much more detail. So that's like a really expanded piece of a blog that I have. <laughs> and then um, it's so then they were like, yeah, that sounds great. And then wrote samples for them and X, Y, Z. And then it, it worked out that way. But the main five categories that they go into are called like, um, they're all called discovering your blank. <laughs> so each chapter is something is called that. Um, and then uh, I literally have the book right here. I could probably check just in case, but um, the uh, first one is about discovering your inner self. So that's like the self-reflection work. Like that's the core basic self-discovery that you like the personality tests and your values, like all the things that we've been talking about. Um, so it's kind of that self-discovery one-on-one section. So it's all, and each section has 50% um, guided 
journal prompts that you actually write in there. And then 50% of them are actually things that you do in your life. So it's not just a guided journal. It's like, Hey, next time you do this, go to a coffee shop and say no, or, you know, something like that, like actually go into your life and do something. Um, and both of my past journals have that similar format. Um, but that's the first, the inner self is the first section. Then the second section is about your purpose and your passions. Um, so it was kind of what lights you up, what you're interested in, what you find meaningful in your life, everything like that. Um, number chapter three is about self-love and ultimately it's about confidence. So it's a whole chapter based on loving yourself, <laughs> feeling good about yourself um, and building your confidence and self-esteem. Chapter four is all about motivation and time management and productivity because self-discovery is actually a huge part of that, which you probably know. <laughs> um, but that's just really getting to know what time management techniques work well for you, that way you can test them out, um, organization, ways to stay motivated, you know, things like that. And then the last one is relationships with other people. So that's both friendships, like platonic relationships, but also romantic relationships. So um, as well as that's really where I go into people pleasing and boundaries, uh, to make sure that you have healthy relationships overall and that they work well for you and you're surrounding yourself with positive people. So that's, those are the main core chapters and what's <laughs> the whole breakdown of it all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. I feel like even just kind of knowing those pillars really gives me a good idea of like what this mm -hmm. process is like. And I'm sure everyone listening has kind of got their wheels turning too. And also I want to touch on the fact that I just love how you're working through kind of like not only writing another book, right? But also I love that you're like just the collaboration. I think it's just important to remember that with things that we create in life, you know, books, podcasts, blogs, um, we don't necessarily need to be the only person involved in that creative process. Like I love that, mm -hmm. you know, a publisher reached out to you and was like, Hey, we've got this idea. It just happened to be like probably the idea you would have written about yeah. anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like how you were able to also repurpose some of your content. I think that's so smart. And I think as creatives and entrepreneurs, I think a lot of people feel like you have to constantly reinvent the wheel. Or mm -hmm. if we're going to talk about something, it has to be like brand new and revolutionary without realizing that like, you know, humans have been around for a long time and we, it's relatively new that we have the internet and we have books and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but there's still like most of the ideas that we have um, are nuanced and, and familiar to other people, but it's the way that we portray them and like put our own spin on those things. And so yeah. I just want to sh sh share out that I really love that you're, you're, you're saying, Hey, I'm repurposing some of this content. These are some of the things I already wrote. How can I incorporate and expand on them? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like, it's just a really lovely lesson there. Um, and yeah, I love that too. And actually, um, I've talked about this on the podcast too before, but that's similar, a similar thing happened to me with uh, my 100 life challenges book. So I actually had a whole blog post with a bunch of challenges and they were like, do you want to turn this into a book? And I was like, oh, I never, I never even thought of that. So like, <laughs> I just think that's a really cool idea. And, um, for any bloggers out there, you know, don't be afraid to, um, to get into publishing because I think there's a lot of really cool information out there that people could share. So I just, I love all this and I'm super excited to, to dive into it. Um, and I think one of the the most like powerful aspects of this has to do with like boundaries too. And I think, really getting clear on what your own boundaries are, but also how to facilitate them. And I know that that really ties into people pleasing a lot. And so I was wondering maybe if you could share, what are some of the ways that people could be, uh, 
create awareness around people pleasing tendencies? Like where, where do you think this might stem from or where does it stem from? Do you think, uh, in yourself? Yeah. So where it comes from can be a variety of reasons, depending on the person's, um, situation for, for me personally, it came from actually, uh, a mix of experiences in high school and stuff like that, because I, I'm a huge high achiever, like constantly trying to do the best I can always. And a lot of that comes from, this is where the perfectionism and the people pleasing coincide for me. Um, because I was a part of a very, very small high school, um, literally 90 people in my class. Um, and if they, so all the teachers knew all the students, everyone knew, like all, everyone knew everything about you. Um, and there was that expect, like there was that expectation put on me that I perceived um, that from teachers and the counselors, their basketball coaches, you know, to, for me to always do my best in that way. And if I wasn't, I was disappointing them. So a lot of what I was starting to decide to do in high school came more from worrying that I disappoint other people rather than what I wanted to do. Um, so that's kind of where my some of my people pleasing came out. I also just like, I just, I'm just naturally a more empathetic person. So I don't like hurting other people's feelings. That's just something that's been a part of my life forever. Um, and because I started like being a part of clubs in like either joining clubs or leading clubs in high, in my senior year in high school, specifically because like some of the advisors or something of the school were like, Oh, you should do this. You should do this. We would like you to do this. And I was just like, okay, I guess if no one else is, what else am I supposed to do? I'm like, let's disregard the fact that I'm taking AP classes and on the basketball team and doing all this other stuff already. So <laughs> all of, all of that, that's kind of where it stemmed. And then, um, that carried on until college. And when I worked at Disney, like working my way up in, in the, um, so I was just in attractions, but working up into a leadership position, which was a position I didn't actually care for at the end of the day, it was more because the managers were like, oh, this is a good, so I didn't want to disappoint them. So for me, that's where it comes from. Um, but I know there are other people where it might be a much more complex, deeper thing, um, like from family members or parents or complicated relationships in that way. Um, but a way that you can become aware of it is I say, just starting by trying to listen to your intuition a little bit more. And by really think coming down to like, cause a lot of people, you know, people pleasers are known for being yes people. And because you don't want to disappoint someone else and because you don't have strong boundaries in place to be able to say no. So then it, all of those other pieces of people pleasing start piling in of taking on too much, not being able to take time for yourself, not being able to do the things that you actually want to do. Um, you don't even know what you want to do anymore. Cause you're so caught up in meeting everyone else's expectations and want, not wanting to disappoint other people. So if you become aware of like how you feel just like that general, and if you haven't been tuning into your intuition much lately, which if you're caught up in the weeds of people pleasing, you probably haven't. Um, so it's literally just like making that space of when you say yes or no, just notice how you feel. You can just sleep, you know, keep saying yes. If, if that's the habit you have right now, but the first step would be like, okay, does this feel good or not? Like, 
is this what I actually want to do or not? And then the more you notice that you'll be able to kind of be like, okay, now I'm aware. How do I break the pattern? Like, where do I go from here? And some other signs could be like, you're feeling drained when you're around certain people because you just are always saying yes to plans with them or hanging out with them or supporting them in some way. You're compromising your value. Are you compromising values or goals that you have? Like, have you been able to prioritize anything that you want to do? Um, because you're doing everything for everyone else? Or are you caring too much about other people's opinions? Is someone being disappointed in you or maybe a little uncomfortable from you saying no? Is that overshadowing you making a decision for yourself? Do you just simply not want to upset anyone? You know, these are all things that you can ask yourself and that could point you towards, yeah, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, if this sounds like you, people pleasing might be your lifestyle, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's such, I really appreciate you breaking this down because I think, you know, a lot of us, I know for me, there've been chunks of time in my life where I'm like, I'm not a people pleaser. Like I, I do whatever I want. And then looking back, I'm like, oh, um, maybe I wasn't necessarily a people pleaser, but I was like an expectation, like wanting to meet the expectations. Right. One, and yeah. I said, like, it's kind of similar, you know, like yeah. wanting to play by the rules and do everything right. And I was, I was very similar in high school too. Like I was the 4.0 student. I, I was also on the basketball team. We could have been like friends. I like did all these things <laughs> that, you know, that externally got me all that validation. And, you know, the teachers were yeah. like, Sarah's like, got it together. Um, and then, you know, college hit. And when there's more and more and more piling on, I remember like the first time I ever like fail, I actually failed a class. It was like a class on dinosaurs, which I was like, oh, this is gonna be so cool. But dinosaur names are hard to memorize. <laughs> and so I totally, and I had taken on so much more that I actually ended up failing the class. And I remember feeling like, what? This is so not me. But I think that's, that can be a result of if we don't keep ourselves in check with people pleasing tendencies and what our capacity is, then, then we can find ourselves in situations like that, where it's like, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think this is a great segue too into, you know, doing that or changing that pattern, like you said, it can be uncomfortable at first, but over mm-hmm. time you're going to build that self-efficacy. You're going to trust in yourself more. You're going to build more confidence. Um, and I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about how confidence really impacts our goal setting strategies um, mm-hmm. and like the outcomes we end up with, because I know um, you talk a lot about goal setting and you've got a lot of really good insights on that. And yeah, I think it'd be interesting to to hear how confidence might impact those decisions we make in that. Yeah. So overall, I, I personally believe that like having more confidence in yourself and the decisions that you make and like having more confidence in those decisions can help you make that effort to achieve your goal. Take those steps forward, you know? Um, because if you're not, you're probably going to be finding any excuse possible to not do something. I mean, I know when I was first getting into my job, I, it, it's very easy to be like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to wait and see what other people say, you know, and, and you might be waiting for either some external validation or, or what have you in order to actually take action. But if you, if you feel more confident, then you'll feel more confident in yourself to, to do something. And then you're also not as afraid of failure because the more you're trying something, the more you're learning from it and fear of failure is a whole other topic I could get into, but, um, it's just, you know, you're 
you, your fear of failure will diminish because you are more confident in yourself to be able to react or respond, adjust, you know, um, to be able to do, to achieve the goals that you have. So they kind of build upon each other. I feel because also the more you take action, the more confident that you'll feel. And at least that's my experience and what I've noticed in my clients, but, um, and overall, you'll be more confident to look for the opportunities rather than making excuses not to take the risks to move forward. So that's how I feel that they're aligned in that way. Yeah. Ooh. And I, I also know too, like, you know, the more confident we feel, the bigger goals will set or like the stretch mm-hmm. goal will start to yeah. look a little bit bigger. You know, um, I remember when I was running all the time, something that I'm looking to get back into, I, I remember just like never thinking that I could run, you know, so fast or whatever. And I remember one day getting on the treadmill and like getting over seven miles an hour and being like, I never, what? I never thought that was possible. Right. But like every day I would kind of push myself a little bit further and a little bit further. And you really realize like what you're actually capable of. And like you said, it all builds on each other. So um, I think that's so important. And really too, like that reminder to start from where you are. Like, I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we can trip ourselves up if we try to, like, if I were to get on the treadmill now and just be like seven miles an hour (laughs) after this pandemic, no, 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 no. It would not, it would not be good. Um, I would like break all my legs and it would be bad. But if I like really gave myself permission to start from where I am and build, my confidence would build right. And slowly I get back there. So um, really love how you broke that down. Um, so another question I want to ask you, and I'm just like super curious about this too. So as someone who has now written four um, books and journals, um, how do you go about setting your own goals um, with something like that or in general and breaking those down into actionable steps when you have such a big project like that? Yeah. Um, and for like, just for context for this most recent book, I believe I had two months to write it. Wow. Yeah. And the first, (laughs) the, the confidence one, I'm awesome one. I had longer than that, but that's because I had asked for it. And I, I was so, I was new to that format, um, the guided journal format. And then, um, yeah, so, but the, um, after doing it twice before this time, I knew how to approach it a lot more. So I do have like this system down (laughs) for tackling these guided journals because they have, they always have a certain amount of, exercises, prompts, what have you that are needed in the book as a whole. And then I have the deadlines and then I have how many I need per section. So, um, and then I have how many days I have to do it. So I would just break it down just logistically by numbers. I would take it. Okay. I have a hundred just for lack of, for, you know, better name, but, um, hundred activities I need to write. And, there's five sections. So break it up into five. That's like 60 each. I really hope I'm doing that right. (laughs) And, um, so that's 60 sections each, each section needed to be 50% written in 50% activity in your life. So 30 each, so 30 per section. And then I would have, I needed to have a certain amount done by certain, I had like two or three deadlines that I had to have a certain amount sent in. So I just calculated how many I needed to do per day by the deadlines that I had. Um, and then I would make sure I literally had an Excel spreadsheet where I would fill in like in color and it's in one of, it's in the highlight. Actually, I broke it down in a highlight on my Instagram under this um, book number four highlight. Um, but I made it green if I did it. So I would visually be able to see that I'm making progress. And then I would put in how many exercises I did each day. 
um, to, so it wouldn't add automatically adjust how many I needed to do each day. Cause sometimes I could only do like two, sometimes I was on a roll and I did six. So it would adjust the daily average and I would be able to keep an eye out for how much it would potentially build on me if I didn't, if I didn't keep up with it. <laughs> um, and so it was a lot of just sitting down and doing it because I did not have much room to like be flexible. And at the time I was, I was gaining enough momentum with my coaching business. Like I had been in a group program and like to, to get the foundation set in place a lot more, especially with the direction that I was going. And I didn't want to give that up and I work full time. Um, and somehow I have a life outside of that. Maybe, uh, who knows? <laughs> but, um, then, so I just, you know, was still just be like, okay, I know I need at least like 30 minutes or so a day to do it. Um, and then broke it down from there. So I had a whole chart system thing just based on deadlines and number of exercises I need to write and just followed it from there. Oh, I love this so much. Like I'm totally geeking out about this. I feel like <laughs> I need to create a chart like that for when I check out books from the library. Cause I'll do this thing where I'll be like, okay, I've checked out six idea. books <laughs> and they're all due in like 15 days. And I'm like, I can totally do that. And then like, you know, TikTok happens and stuff. I need yeah. to set better self boundaries with that. But sometimes what I'll do is I'll count up like all the page numbers in a book. And then like, I'll divide that by how many days I have. And it's always like some ridiculous number that never happens. Like, oh, you just have to read like 287 pages a day. And then like, <laughs> you'll, you'll finish every book. But I love the idea of really just, I think it's important to remember, like just the idea of really breaking things down um, and looking at numbers and data and mm -hmm. making it simple in that way. Cause I think that's something that I think a lot of us may, might think of doing, but the fact that you actually created an Excel sheet and like made it all color, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to look that up in the highlight and like, <laughs> yeah, I'm an Enneagram one. So anything that is structured <laughs> and uh, charts, even though I hate numbers, I like the visual structure to, to things like that. So <laughs> one, I think too, like you really bring up a great point about visually seeing your progress because, you know, one of the hugest uh, factors about motivation is like knowing that we're doing something and that we're actually actually getting a result from it. You know, I think it's yeah. why people like, you know, when we're like, you do fundraisers or something and like, they always have that like big thermometer yeah. and they're like, this is how far we are to like reaching your goal. Right. Like as like we see our progress, we get more inspired to continue to take action. So that, that's great. And also realizing that you took imperfect action, right? Like not every day was the exact same number of, of, you know, tasks or whatever you were writing, but it, but overall, over time, it averaged out. So I just love how you did that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, of course. And the other thing I really wanted to ask you, I think this is a good question to round things out is, you know, when it comes to goal setting, I think it can be really easy or tempting to only focus on the external goals, the things that like look good on the outside, the things that we get praise for. Um, so how do you make time for you know, the external stuff, but also the intrinsic goal setting. And maybe what are some tips that you can give others to help them embrace both types of goals? Yeah. And that's, that's something that I, um, it's also, it's, it's, it's good that you say that because it's also hard for people to visually see the progress that they've made, um, with that, because I had a, um, a student that I was helping last year and I was, helping her reminding her like, Hey, these are the things that you've done. And she's like, I, I forgot, like, I can't even, I'm like, this is the progress. This is what you're doing, you know? And then you don't realize just how much 
like progress that you're making, unless maybe it's written down or someone's telling you. So yeah, that, but for, for that really quick, so people can know, like writing things down is huge, like doing life audits or something like journaling, even if it's like, or just a voice note on your phone. If you're not a writing person, just like how you're feeling today, you know, or, or your goal that you're at, where you're currently at then checking in on that, but also asking your friends, like, Hey, how do you, how have you noticed that I've grown or changed in X amount, like this year or something like that can be really impactful. Cause you might be surprised what they say, but I know that's not exactly what you asked, but I do want to put, no, I love that. That's such a great, yeah. Great point. Yeah. And then, um, so for me personally, um, it's very similar. The reason why I've, I prioritize, um, that inner work more so rather than the things that look external is because of this pretty much what I told you earlier with my experience with my anxiety and my mental health. Like it got to a point where like, I didn't really have a choice I had to, or else I was just, I wasn't doing anything good for me. You know, nothing was working out. I knew that I had to, to tune into that and what I needed to be able to be just feel good in general. And (laughs) so I knew I had to prioritize my mental health and my intrinsic goals in order to feel good overall. And so I, that's why I've been like working on my self-awareness and my self-care like that all helps the rest of my life. And I know that helps the rest of my life. So if I feel like there's one area of my life that's like, feels like it's a complete disaster or whatever. I know that I can tune into, you know, okay, how am I actually feeling? Where is this coming from? You know, tap into the things that I know work well for me and the check-ins that work well for me, um, to be able to assess, okay, if I take care of this part of me, it's going to help that. Or I know I can handle it because I've like reflecting on how I've handled similar situations or just trusting my instincts that I can make decisions to help address that situation, if that makes sense. Um, and then if, um, yeah, I have, I have like some notes here. So no, you're fine. Well, I was just, I was going to just say uh, real quick too. Um, I think a lot of times when I'm feeling like, like off, like mentally or whatever, or, you know, I start having like more intrusive thoughts or whatever. And I'm like, ah, everything sucks and the world's going to end, blah, blah. Then I have to remember like, you know, there's so much more in our scope of control than we often realize, you know, and oftentimes I want some like brand new, like flashy, fun way of helping myself. So I like avoid the things I know work. Like I know I could drink water. I know I could go on a stupid walk (laughs) for my stupid mental health. Like I know that, (laughs) but, but I don't, but like, I want something different, right? Like I I don't always want to come back for whatever reason. I don't always want to come back to these things. And I think when you're also in that space, it's hard to get yourself to do the things that, you know, like yeah. you just feel stubborn. Like I hate dealing <laughs> with myself in that state. Just like Sarah, just you, if you just go outside, you're going to feel so much better. Um, and so I think it's really important that I love the fact that you, you've said that, you know, you have these like checklists or you have uh, a life audit or something like that, that you can do and come back to and really ask yourself, like, you know, like, how am I feeling? Like, what's the narrative that I'm creating for today? Like how many of these thoughts are actually true and and factual. And so really coming back to that is so, so powerful. Um, and I know I just totally took the mic from you when you were, um, yeah. So like my main tip just to piggyback off of that is like for anyone else that's not used to prioritizing the intrinsic things is just make time to check in with yourself. Even if it's five minutes, like even if it's once a week, like 
it can be super small. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. You don't have to like, you don't have to do a big thing and hire a coach and do all this stuff. I mean, it's also great, but it's, it's really so small to just check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. And that could be going on walks. It could be journaling. It could be meditating for five minutes, doing yoga, like just something that creates space so that you're not thinking of a million things at once and not paying attention to that. Cause like, for example, something very recent for me is we're currently planning a wedding and looking had all the venues and the pricing and oh my freaking God, everything is so expensive. And so I get kept, got, found myself getting super caught up and like anxious and like, this is too much. There's nothing here. Like, I don't, can we even do what we want? You know? And like a lot of it was me being like, wait, then we had to be like, wait, what's important. Mm-hmm. You're getting married. And for me, like the fact that we get married for us, there was one particular venue we had in mind that we could afford. And then having the specific people there, like that's, that's the baseline of it all. And so having to like pay attention to what was happening there and paying attention to what's important, but also noticing that like, Hey, my anxiety is going over here. My brain's going over here. So I had to make sure like to step back and either have conversations with my partner or simply just like take that time myself to <laughs> chill was really beneficial to be able to kind of steer back on the course and not go off the walls about it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that example too, because, um, when it comes to like event planning or even like if you're launching something in your business, I think we always Oof. have the idea of how we want it to go. And we want to, we focus oftentimes on all these things that we actually can't really control. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, you can, you can hire the caterer and you can blah, 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 blah. But like, if something comes out a little bit differently than you thought, right. Like we can choose to get super upset or we can be like, okay, like it is what it is. And I think a lot of times for entrepreneurs too, like you're creating something, you're putting something out into the world and you have this idea of how it might be received or what might happen. And if it doesn't happen the way you think, we often get into like, okay, we failed or well, then this isn't good or everything's ruined. And I really liked how you were like, you basically invite yourself back into like, what's really like, what was the ultimate goal of this, right? Like, why did we choose to do this in the first place? Like, what is the most important thing? And I think, you know, whether it's planning a wedding or launching a course, like whatever it may be, really reminding yourself of like what the overall goal is, um, is just such a wonderful way to come back to kind of grounding yourself in that moment. Yeah. uh, Launching a course or launching anything in a business is a fantastic example because I'd be lying if I didn't say that launches don't haven't freaked me out in the past. (laughs) Like, I don't know a single person who has gone through like a, a launch and, not had those doubts, not had those concerns, those anxieties because of what's so out of your control, you know? Cause I mean, it's such a shift and a different like perspective and situation that you're putting yourself through. It's new. You're putting self yourself out there. You've put so much work into it, you know? And then like, if only one person or no, or whatever, like so few people, so few people sign up, it's so easy to just be like, oh, I give up done. Like this is the only time I'm going to do this. Yeah. I've done that in the past. Like I have had those moments where I'm like, this, this didn't turn out how I wanted. I'm never doing this course again. And which was 
looking back, it was stupid. Like I, the people, people bought it. Like it, it was true. It was a small amount of people, but also I was a newer like person. So it's of course much easier to say in retrospect, but like having those things in mind of like, okay, what's the most important thing. And something that my therapist has been reminding me lately, whenever I get caught up in the, you know, expectations of business and everything like that is like, okay, why do you why do you do what you do? Like, what is, what is it? Like, why do you like helping people in this way? And then whenever I tell her, she's like, okay, your energy just drastically shifted. And anytime you do something, make sure you come from that place. Any decision that you make, make sure you come from that more excited, passionate place rather than like, because you need to do it or should do it, you know? Cause I mean, obviously there's things you will need to do like taxes and that sucks, but <laughs> not making decisions out of like haste and worry and the need for control. Um, and that's something I've been trying to take with myself too, through all yes. of this. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, and yeah, I've totally done that too. It's basically like I've opened the door and be like, does anybody want donut? Fine. No one. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, you, I haven't given you people a chance to like, think about like, do I want a donut? I don't know. So like, yeah, <laughs> I really just, I relate to that a lot. And, um, Sarah, I just want to thank you so much for being here today and for sharing all of your wisdom about self-discovery and boundaries and so much. I feel like this is going to be, um, an episode I come back to and listen to as well. Um, and I just would love for you to share, like, where can people find out more about you? Where can people follow you on Instagram? How can they get your self-discovery journal? Um, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first of all, thank you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as well. Um, and then you can find me. I'm primarily on Instagram, but I'm also on TikTok occasionally. I mean, for fun, I'm on there all the time. Let's be real. Um, but <laughs> my username is uh, at Coach Sarah Catherine. That's Sarah with no H <laughs> and Catherine with a K. Um, and then also my website, sarahcatherine.com. Um, and then my my self-discovery, my book is called Your Self-Discovery Journal. And you can search that on Amazon. Barnes and Noble, anything like that. Like, honestly, if you just search that and search, put like Sarah in there, it'll probably come up on Google, but awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we'll have links to everything in the show notes and below, uh, this episode as well. So again, thank you just so much for being here. It's so good to see your face and talk with you and, uh, everyone go follow Sarah so you can learn more about self-discovery. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. As always, you can find links to everything we mentioned during the show over at mindfulproductivityblog.com. Make sure to go check out Sarah Catherine's new self-discovery journal and grab your copy. And like always, I will see you back here next Monday for a new episode of the show. Have a great week.